Hi, my name's Adam, and this is the Foster Adoption Podcast, a resource for people who are interested in growing their family by adopting children from foster care. What days do you want to have birth parent calls and birth parent visits? The question hit me like a ton of bricks. We knew it was coming. We were prepared. But there was something about our county social worker bringing it from the hypothetical into reality that made us take a real deep breath. They spend a lot of time, a lot of time, in training, talking about birth parent contact. The goal of foster care is reunification with the birth family, and therefore birth parent contact is a huge part of that. And we knew that. And we imagined what that looks like, and we were intellectually prepared. But now, we were being asked, what time during the week would we like to make available for birth parent calls and birth parent visits? Stuff was getting real. We started this podcast to celebrate the positive stories of adopting from foster care. And while most of the things we talk about are super positive... The reality is that there are some parts of the process that are just plain hard. This is one of the hard topics. The The thing is that we're an outlier. We had very little birth parent contact compared to most of the other foster adopt parents we know. That's why the caseworker question took us aback, I think. Birth parent visits weren't completely on our radar in the transition time. Because part of the narrative on our case was that there was no contact with the birth father and visits with the birth mother were infrequent. So in that meeting with the county caseworker, we said that Monday and Wednesday afternoons would be the time available for phone calls, and Thursday afternoons would be made available for visits. The kicker was that mom needed to call on Wednesday afternoon to schedule a visit for Thursday, because we weren't going to drive far away to the visit if she had no intention of showing up. So we set up the call times and the visit times, and we didn't think anything of it. Eleven days later, I hear a sound on my phone I had never heard before. See, we set up a special Google number to give the birth mom, so no one would ever have our actual phone number, and this was the first time that there was a call on there. Suddenly, there was a voicemail on my Google number. We had all of the training in the world to deal with this. And I had tried to imagine what it was going to be like, but there was nothing, 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 nothing like the feeling of hearing her voice for the very first time. I yelled for Matt to come listen to the voicemail, and while we were listening, the phone rang again. It rang again with the same number. I was <laughs> I was so overwhelmed. I basically dropped the phone like a hot potato. I yelled, what do we do? What do we do? Matt is Mr. Calm. He picked up the phone and said, hello? <laughs> uh, she in, she identified herself as the boy's mother and asked to speak with them. She was calling in the middle of the day so the boys were at school and at daycare. Matt explained that they weren't here and that she's welcome to call back during her assigned call time. She said she would call back then and then they said goodbye to each other. It was also nice and amicable and and just bizarre. I pretty much stared at my phone for the next two and a half hours during her call window that day. 
She didn't call. I was annoyed that I had dedicated so much headspace to something that didn't happen. I was relieved that it didn't happen. And the whole time, I kept on forcing myself to think about how hard it was from her perspective. And that if I thought this whole thing was awkward, what on earth did she think about it? She had to call somebody to speak to her kids. That has to be just a bizarre feeling. She didn't call, though. She didn't call the next day, either. She didn't call the following day after that. She did call the following Wednesday, the next week. But it was before the boys were home again. I answered with an enthusiastic hello. I was more prepared this time. I wanted things to be pleasant, and I wanted her to know that the boys were safe with good people. She didn't ask to speak with the boys, though, this time. Instead, she asked to set up a visit for the next day. I told her the phone number of our agency social worker, so they set up it up, and she said that she would call. I heard a few minutes later from our agency worker saying that she did call to set up a visit. Here's a quick note on birth parent visits. They can take place pretty much anywhere, but the court mandated that our birth parent visits be monitored, so our agency worker needed to be in the room with them. So our agency hosted the birth parent visits at the office. But in many other cases, we know the foster families are the monitors and actually go there and are part of the visit. So our first visit was scheduled, and I was nervous, so nervous. I picked up the boys and told them that they were going to go visit their mom. I used her first name, though, because our older boy only referred to her by the first name, so we would follow her uh, their lead. I was so fascinated by this. Could a five-year-old really process that this person didn't fulfill the role of mom for him anymore, so he would use her first name? Or was there a more simple explanation? I don't know. I still don't know. When I told them where we were going, they were excited, though. The older boy said, Oh, she always buys me toys. Where am I going to put my new toy? I could put it on the top shelf. No, no, that won't work. Where am I going to put it? I quickly interrupted him to tell him that he shouldn't only be excited to see her for a toy. I think, in retrospect, there was a lot more going on in his head, and he chose to verbalize the the toy scenario because he thought maybe that was safe. I don't know. We spent about an hour on the road to get there, and they were quiet for most of the drive, but the older boy did ask one question. He tepidly asked, Am I going to live with my mom forever? I was taken aback. Mom. That was the first time I heard him call her mom. I should have said, I don't know. I knew the direction the court was leaning. I knew what the plan was, and I knew what I wanted to happen, obviously. But the reality was that I didn't know what was going to happen. So I should have said that. Instead, I said, No, mijo, remember, you're going to live with us forever. He said, Oh, yeah, I forgot. My heart ached. This must have just been just so much for his his mind to process. We arrived in the parking lot 10 minutes early, and I texted our social worker, and she said to stay in the car until the birth mom arrived. Without getting into it, there were reasons why it was in everyone's best interest for us to not have any visual contact with the birth mom. So our agency wanted us to drop off the boys at a back door. So we were sitting there in the parking lot, 
the boys had just spent an hour in the car, and now, needless to say, they were not necessarily in the mood to sit in the car and just wait. Luckily, we brought uh, books to read and a snack for them and music to listen to in order to pass the time, so it worked out, but it was just crazy. The clock moved so slow. I stared at my phone for a text to come in. It was now 4 o'clock, the time that she should have been there. No text. 4.05, no text. At 4.10, my phone buzzes. It's our social worker. She said, we can give the mom until 4.15, and then the visit needs to be canceled. I panicked. I said, no, that would be devastating. Devastating for the boys. They are so amped for this. She needs to show. At 4.15, I preemptively wrote the social worker and asked if we could call the mom and ask her what's going on. The social worker calmly explained that it is up to the mom to be responsible enough to call if she's going to be late. (sighs) She said, we will wait until 4.20 p.m. At about 4.25, the boys were at their wit's end, and our social worker came out to the car. Our older boy needed somebody to take it out on. He firmly uttered, Why are you so late? I I felt so bad. The social worker did a great job of explaining that we were waiting for his mom, but that she wouldn't be able to make it because she was so busy. He tried to ask any and every question possible to figure out what was going on and why this was happening. I felt so awful. He was in so much pain. This was so cruel. He hasn't heard from his mom in months, and he's told he gets to see her, and then it doesn't happen. It was was devastating. I just wanted to do anything to make it better. I said, well, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm really hungry for ice cream. Does anyone want to go get ice cream with me? We're sort of sugar-crazy people, and we don't really let them have sugar very often, and So the younger boy took the bait and yelled, yeah, yeah, peas, Papa, peas. That's his way of saying please. The older boy took a deep breath and reluctantly mumbled, okay. So we went on. After the initial disappointment and anger, they surprisingly didn't seem to fixate on it. They got over it quickly. We drove to ice cream and... Although I wanted to burst out into angry tears because I couldn't understand what could possibly keep anyone away from a visit with these beautiful boys, I put all that aside to try to be smiling and joyful for them. They had ice cream and a trip to the park to wipe off the intensities of the day, and when we got home, Matt was amazing and handled everything with the boys so I could go ball my eyes out, <laughs> which I did. I I was a mess. I was preparing for the emotions associated with the visit, but I wasn't prepared for the emotions of not having a visit. While it took me a few days to recover from the emotions of the birth mom not showing up for her scheduled visit, the boys seemed to get back to normal real fast. I couldn't understand why it bothered me so much and it didn't bother them. I landed on the fact that this was new to me. This was sadly not their first time with a scheduled visit not happening. The next morning, I asked them if they wanted to talk about what had happened, and we talked a little bit, and the older boy was back to using her first name. As emotional as things were for a non-visit, 
Be sure to tune in to the next episode for a whole new level of emotions of an actual visit. Thanks very much for listening.